big and brave. The Lord is my light and my salvation. The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Our Father and our God, we thank you for the Lordship of Jesus. And God, as we worship you, we give worth to your name. We collectively, oh God, out of this branch of Zion, we bow prostrate before your presence, confessing that we are wrong and you are right, confessing that we are weak, but thou art strong. Sanctify us. Oh God, make us steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. And God, we pray for strength. Pray for our children. Pray, oh God, for our marriages. Pray for our church. We pray that Satan will be bound in the name of Jesus. And we thank you for what you're going to do. Faith believing, we have the victory. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord a hand clap. Come on. Give the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Songwriter said, I don't know why he loves me. I don't know why he cares. I don't know why he sacrificed his life. But oh, I'm so glad he did. Praise his name. My job is to build a bridge from you to him. Now and unto him. Not from you to me, from you to him. Can I get a witness? The Lord is so good. And whatever, wherever you are, whatever you're going through, it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. The Lord is an on-time God. May not come when you want him, but he's right on time. Can I get a witness? And he comes with power. Doesn't he come with power? He comes with power, amen, as we praise him. Because he is who he said he was. Thank you, Jesus. I like the Apostle Paul who said, For I am persuaded. That is a deep Greek word. I'm, I'm sold out. Can never go back. I'm persuaded. Come too far by faith. Do I have a witness? Nobody told me. The road would be easy. I just don't believe he bought me this far to leave me. Do I have a witness? Do I have a witness? You gonna help me out, Sister Garrett? Where'd she go? I don't feel no Y'all gonna help me out. Come too far from where I started from. Got high, got drunk. Listen, nobody told me the road would be easy. I don't believe. He bought me this far to leave me. Come on now, y'all got to do better than that. 
Nobody, nobody, nobody. Nobody told me the road would be easy. I don't believe he bought me this far. I don't believe he bought me this far. I don't believe he bought me this far. To leave me. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. Thank you, choir. Thank you for putting up with me. Praise the Lord. Church, amen. Church, amen again. Thank you, Jesus. In our series on faithfulness to God. And we ought to be faithful to Him. Faithfulness to God's guidance was the Amen. Uh, exposition on Abraham and faithfulness to God's government was exposition on Moses. And remember what I said last week, Moses had to fight not to be great. That's right. Refusing to be called the son of Pharaoh. Choosing rather to suffer the, to suffer afflictions with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. What a testimony. This morning we're in Ephesians chapter 2, reprieved and received. The, God's faithfulness of grace. Turn to Ephesians chapter 2 as we dissect, interrogate, interpret, and give application to such a powerful, powerful text. Do I have a witness? I want to look at Ephesians chapter 2, beginning at verse 5 to 7. Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. What a text. Reprieved and received. God's grace is the groundwork of our rich inheritance we have in Christ Jesus. God's grace is an act of bestowing a gift upon the undeserved. Now let me let me let me stop and pause in part because uh, once we give a gift to somebody with the thought 
that they deserved it. It's not grace. It's bestowing a gift to someone who's not deserving. And it is a mercy to a misfit. Some, some of us struggle with mercy. Some of us struggle with forgiveness. Some of us keep scorecards. Some of us can pull up the times that you felt offended. And we, and we can do that so quick. Can't we? It's, on, it's almost like the greater is speaking to the lesser. The the saved is speaking to a sinner. And the reason that we get so hardcore with this pharisaical attitude is because we don't understand what God did for us. We, we don't have an under... I can hear a preacher preach, a teacher teach, a choir sing, and I can tell you if they know what they're talking about. Because when you don't know what you're talking about, you confuse definitions. None are worthy. All have fallen short of the glory of God. If God should mark iniquities, who could stay? Isaiah 64, 4 says, all of our righteousness is as filthy rags. My God. And, 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 and this, this grace, this word grace, charis, in the Greek, ser- serves as an acronym, if you will, Each letter, God's riches at Christ's expense. That because of what Jesus did on the cross. Hmm. Some of us struggle with the prodigal son and the father. He went out and wasted all that he had and with his riotous living, with his buddies and start eating with the pigs and and then hard times made him talk to himself. And the the Bible says that he actually preached within himself. Why am I eating with pigs when my father owns a mansion? I'm going to get up and I'm going to go back to my father. And here's what I'm going to say to my father. Father, I have sinned. And I'm not worthy to be called your son. Just, just give me a little job with the hired hands so I can work. And as he rehearsed this repentance in his heart, as he was walking, he looked up and his father 
was standing with arms open. See, that's mercy. Can I get a witness? That's mercy. That's mercy. That's mercy. That's mercy. That's, that's mercy. And, 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 and so, child of God, when you look at this text, grace allows three things, amen, to happen to a sinner. First, grace allows the dead to become alive. I was dead, but now I'm alive. Can I get a witness? Great grace, 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 grace allows the sinful to progressively become sanctified. And we're going to talk about that. Amen. I'm tired of saints and their lies. Just like it took time to learn how to sin, it takes time to learn how not to sin. Do, do I have a witness up in the house? This is called progressive sanctification. And you are not to keep scorecards on me. And I'm not to keep scorecards on you. Can I get witness? Uh, the, the fact of the matter is, is that, amen, when you look at this thing called grace, third, it allows the fractured to become free. It's a resurrection, it's a revival, it's a resuscitation, it's a restoration, it's a, it's a transfer, transfiguration, it's a transition. When a sinner is raised and seated and secure in our Savior, Jesus Christ. God's, this great book of Ephesians, is a prison epistle, meaning Paul, 62, 60 to 62 AD, Paul was in Roman prison when he wrote the book of Ephesians. Now he had served a prison term in Caesarea, but this is not Caesarea, that was much earlier. This is second missionary journey, and in Acts 18, 18 and 19, him, Priscilla and Aquila, a married couple, founded the church at Ephesus, which when you get to Revelation 2 and 3, is one of the seven churches of Asian Minor. And when he founded the church, amen, he, uh, he went in, and then in Acts chapter 19, he fully Amen. He fully established the church as he talks to the Ephesian elders. This, this is a great book. First three chapters theological, last three chapters are what we call practical. It's doctrinal, first three chapters. It's duty, last three chapters. That when you look at this, these six chapters, it, it is one of the deepest books that Paul ever wrote. And, and, and here's what you need to know. The first chapter is, amen, the, the eternal plan of God. God the Father chose us. God the Father predestined us. God the Father adopted us. Jesus died for your sins with his blood, and the Holy Ghost is a witness. And when you, you see the Godhead, the triunity of God in the first chapter, it is God's eternal plan. But then chapter 2 is the execution to the eternal plan. Chapters 3 through 5, amen, are the, the, the extensions and expectations of the eternal plan. When you get to chapter 6, is the equipment for the eternal plan. So God has poured out in this book um, some great, great, deep, doctrinal, theological issues. And, and, and one of the key themes in the book is mystery. Chapter 3, the mystery, the mystery, the church is a mystery, the ecclesia. Ecclesia means called out ones. Ecclesia, where there's no more Jew and Gentile, it's one thing called church. Can I get a witness that God at Pentecost started working 
towards a church, Acts 2 to Revelation 4. Hang in there. Amen. And when you look at um, this key called mystery, mysterion, heretofore, uh, amen, no one knew. It was, it was hidden. And I, I love Bible students that try to pull out the church in the Old Testament. Not there. There are only hints of the Messiah coming. There are only hints of the church. There are only hints of the Gentiles coming out of darkness and seeing the great light. Hints. God, God was talking about Jesus through every book. In the book of Ruth, he's the, yeah, <laughs> he's the, uh, amen. He, he, he represents Boaz as the kinsman redeemer. Can I get a witness? And, and he married Ruth, who was a Moabitess. Ruth was a Gentile. And somebody had to hook up the marriage so that Boaz could marry Ruth. I'm preaching. And, and be, before Boaz married Ruth, he had to settle an account with a kinsman that was closer than he was. I wish I had a witness up in the house. And through his shed blood, he did that. Can I get a witness? Jesus, can I get a witness? Uh, paid the price so that we could be saved. Hallelujah. When you get to the early chapters of Isaiah, it says, For unto us a child is born. That's his 100% humanity. Can I get a witness? And unto us a son is given. That's his 100% divinity. And, and somewhere the divine and the human, the humanity would come together. Amen. They, they wouldn't merge. He would just be 100%, 100%. And, and 100%, 100% doesn't make sense to us. It's 50, 50 to make 100. God says, I don't, that's not my math. My math is he was all man and all God. He's God's man and man's God. Do I have a witness up in the house? And, 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 and so this mysterion, the church, Amen. Came about. Jesus even spoke futuristically to Peter upon this rock. I will build my church. Look at uh, this matter of um, grace bestowing love on the undeserved. Three critical metaphors that only Ephesians brings out. The first metaphor of Christ and the church is that the church is the body of Christ. He's the head, we're the body. When you go to 1 Corinthians 12 about the gifts, that the church is an organism, amen, not just an organization, it's an organism. Head, body, hands, feet, isn't that right? He's the head, we're the body. He's the brains. Yeah. Uh, that, that's the first metaphor, body. Second metaphor is building. We are cemented together with the foundation of being Christ. He's the chief cornerstone. Do I have a witness? We are building blocks, Lord have mercy, for the cornerstone. Everything is built on the foundation of Christ. So it, it's body, it's building, then it's bride. That's a relational relationship. A, a, amen. That is, listen, we are his bride. He will be the groom. We're not married to Jesus right now. We're only engaged. 
when we get to the marriage supper of the Lamb, then we will be married to him. Can I get a witness? And Jesus gave a hint to his disciples of the Oriental type of wedding that took place in the first century. That is, you choose a wife. And then you tell a wife, amen, make yourself ready for the marriage, supper of the Lamb. Make yourself ready. Uh, make, make sure your dress is white and clean. And, and this clean kind of cleansiness deals with sanctification. Make sure you're ready to get married. And I'm going away to prepare a place for you. And, and, and when I go away, uh, I'll come back to receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. Isn't that the way a marriage supposed to work? Well, the man can't be out of a job and the woman working and the woman come back and get the man. That, that, that doesn't make sense up in here. I'm talking to somebody. You want to get married, get a, get a book of Job. Get a J-O-B. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I throw that out there parenthetically. Hmm. Hmm. Then go prepare a place. Mm-hmm. Not a tent, a place. Well, we're gonna live we we're gonna live with mom for three years. That ain't in the Bible. Mom needs to live with you. But but listen, 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 listen to Pastor. Listen to Pastor. There are some hidden deficiencies when we don't understand grace. If grace is the bestowal of gifts to the undeserved, then if we don't have a sense of God's grace, it's hard for us to be grateful. You know why we can't be grateful? Because we think God owes us something. You, you can't say, Lord, thank you for the little things and for the big things. Thank, thank you. Thank you for the mountains and the valleys. It's, it's hard for us to find gratefulness when we don't understand grace. Do, do I have a witness? Lord, have mercy. Ah. The, the other thing is, when we don't have a deep sense of grace within us, we struggle with guilt. There's real guilt and imagined guilt. The reason that some of us struggle with guilt is because we have built ourselves up to think that we're all that in a bag of chips and we can't reconcile stuff we did and thought and we carry this guilt and the guilt makes us psychologically point at others. Watch people always driving others in the ground. Watch people always criticizing others. Watch people always complaining. They are people with guilt issues. It's tight, but it's right. All the mess I did, I ain't, I ain't, I ain't, I ain't got no guilt. I ain't got no guilt. And you ain't going to make me feel guilty. You, yeah, you were something. Yeah, I was something. And maybe you ought to have been something. 
we won't be we won't have to be dealing with you. You you know why I'm not carrying no guilt? Because I understand grace. Grace was bestowed upon me. I was, I was saying this morning, I, my first 17 years was in South Philly. Then I went in the military for seven years. I, how in the world did I make it out unscathed? I, I look back and, say, and shake my head. Gangs, guns, a uh, whole, whole lot of stuff. How, how, how did you make it out? Lord, have mercy. Do I have a witness? And, 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 and the church language for that is, I wonder how I got over. How in the world did I make it out? I was, I was sharing with one of my friends this morning. I pulled up a funeral bulletin of one of my friends I grew up with in South Philly. And he, he trained, he was in gangs, he could fight, he had heart. Uh, the boy was awesome. And, and listen, about a year and a half, two years ago, I got a call and said, you know, something such is in the hospital. He's dying. You need to get up there and see him. And me and Digging Arms said someone up there. I went to Pennsylvania Hospital. And when I walked in the door, he was laying there. He said, Reese, me and the boy grew up like this. Now, he was like two years older than me. Yeah, you know, we, we grew up, went to school together, went to movies together, went to parties together and everything. And I said... Give your life to Christ or you're going to hell, man. You need to be saved. And he accepted Christ. And right, and right after that, he died. Listen to me. Listen to me. And when I was looking at the funeral building, I said, boy, I'm going to see this boy in glory. Y'all don't understand the exhilaration. Folk in my family that because I had a correct assessment of grace. Do I have a witness? Uh, and, and I keep telling you, you, you need to get to your loved ones and at least give them the plan of God and give them the gospel and talk to them, pray for them because, amen, uh, all of us are going to meet the master. Do I have a witness? And, and, and child, of, and child of God, child of God, child of God, this, this thing called grace, if, if I got a true sense of grace, I'm not struggling with guilt, guidance, gratefulness. I'm not, look, listen, I'm not struggling with me being great. Ain't nothing great about me. Mm-hmm. I'm pausing purposely. You don't struggle with being great when you understand grace. You already have missed the mark. Do I have a witness? You, you already have fallen short. I came in here Thursday evening. I wanted to meet with the choir, but I came here early. I walked in the gym, and they had these tournaments of basketball, and they had scouts there at the table, you know, giving everybody a mark. And these young boys from high school was running up down the court. Someone was 6'10", 6'9". And this one ball came down the court, and he took the ball, and he flew up in there, and he tomahawked. Whoa! And I said, well, I can't do that no more. 
In fact, never could do that. <laughs> oh, if I ran them down that court, I might get to the other end. And that's it. In the name of Jesus. See, some of us can't accept truth. Repeat after Pastor, Lord, help me to accept the things I cannot change. That's all I'm asking you to do. Certain things you ain't changing. In the name of Jesus. That, 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 that is that uh, if I think I'm great, I haven't learned what grace is all about. If I think, amen, that, listen, if I don't have a handle on grace, I can't glorify him. Glory comes when I get low and he gets high. Glory comes when I'm praising him and not myself. Glory comes when I'm saying amen to the God of the universe. So, here's Paul, the apostle, and I'm a Paul fan, Pauline epistles. And Paul begins this great chapter by giving us some defined terms. God's grace raises us from death to life. Now, 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 this, this is not open for assumption. And, and so Paul, in chapter 2, verse 1, says, And you, you is understood, and you, have he made alive, quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins. Dead, 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 deadness is the absolute totality of man's sinfulness, lostness, total depravity from which we've been redeemed. And the word death means separation. If I'm dead to God spiritually, me and God are separated. If I'm dead to myself physically, I'm separated from myself. If I'm dead psychologically or emotionally, I'm separated from who I am. Lord have mercy. Mm, mm, mm. He, 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 he is saying, listen to this, we, we are dead. And notice the grammatics. The grammatics. Look, look, look what Paul does with these grammatics because they jump off the page. Uh, that is, used by the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul, the verbs, we have been made alive from death to life. Now, notice the order. God calls you, you're made alive first then you're raised. You can't be raised until he makes you alive. That's right. That's right. This, and and, and the, the raising of Lazarus was a microcosm. Jesus intentionally, in John chapter 11, is with his disciples in another city, and a messenger comes and says, Lord, your best friend, not the, not the 12 disciples, your best friend Lazarus is sick. 
your best friend. That's where Jesus stayed with Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Your best friend is sick. And Jesus said, this sickness is not unto death. They didn't understand what he was talking about. It says not unto death. And Jesus kept going the way he was going. And then another messenger came and said, Lord, your friend Lazarus is dead. So Jesus now decides, well, let me go on back to Bethany. And logic, and I told you about logic last week. Logic said, why is he coming back now? He didn't come back the first time. He said, let's go to Lazarus. And then Thomas said, yeah, we can die with him. I don't know what Thomas was talking about. <laughs> and Jesus and disciples walk in Bethany. But before they got to Bethany, Jesus told the disciples, and I'm glad for your sake that I was not there to the intent that you might believe. Sometimes God will allow things to enter our lives to help boost us spiritually. Do I have a witness? I, I, I don't have to answer and everything. You know, he got to Bethany and, and Mary and Martha were like day and night. Mary sat at his feet. Martha was rambunctious. And Martha said, Lord, if you just had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know even now that whatever you say, God will do it. And, and Jesus said, Jesus said, Jesus said, your brother live again. And she said, oh, I know he'll live in the great resurrection. And he said, he, he said I am. <laughs> the resurrection and the life. Though he were dead, yet shall he live. And then he said, where have you laid him? They said, he's there in the tomb. And then he go, he go marry him off. By this time, he stinketh. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, there was a time you used to stink. We were stinking in sin. We were stinking in sin. We were no good, dirty, stinking sinners. That, that'll look good on your resume, won't it? Jesus goes to the tomb and says, move the stone. Lazarus! Kaleo, he calls him. Lazarus comes out of the grave, but he's bound. I'm going to get out your way. Some of y'all came up the aisle. What in the back room got saved? But you're still bound in grave clothes. You can't walk. Because you won't come to core. You ain't in the word. You don't study. So you, you, you say, oh, you're going to heaven like this. But you ain't got no victory. He said, loose the grave clothes. Do I have a witness? I, I got to move on. 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 And, and the Bible says that we have been quickened who were dead. Boy, when I was in them cabarets and bars and clubs, I was dead. I had a nerve to come home and leave. And I asked my dad, I said, let me have your pistol. He said, for what? I said, nah, I ain't going nowhere without that. I'm 
sitting on a ball stool with a pistol in my, in, in my, in my just crazy. I ain't letting nobody hurt me. Just crazy as a bed bug. I would bring one to church, but y'all look all right. <laughs> Just crazy as a bed bug. Dead. Dead in fornication. If I hit your sin, raise your hand. Dead in drugs. Uh, dead in jail. Look, ain't nobody raising their hand. You a, you a dead liar. That's what you are. You're a dead liar. You're a dead. dead. We were dead. We were dead. Dead in homosexuality, lesbianism. Dead. And see, in God's eyes, one death is no better than the other. I know we've already categorized everything. No, no, no. One sin is no better than the other. We, we were sinners under the control of this flesh nature. Are y'all getting this? And you cannot shout it out. You know, you know, you know that, you know, shout it out. You, you cannot shout out the old nature. Thank you, Jesus is gone. It ain't going nowhere. You got to grow it out. Lord, have mercy. Dead in trespasses, false steps, and sin, missing the mark, harm or tear. God says, all you did all your life was false steps and missing my mark. <sighs> Wherein, verse 2, are you all with me? I'm going to get out your way. Wherein, in, in time past, now let's talk about the past. Because the past got something to do with the present. And the present got something to do with the future. You better take that one home. Most of our actions were learned behavior oh Lord help me Jesus we learned how to sin do I have a witness we learn how to cheat mm-hmm mm-hmm we learn how to cuss you ain't come out your mother's womb cussing where's my bottle <laughs> You heard something in the neighborhood of your house. <laughs> I was telling this morning, I was reading a book on dysfunction, and I was trying to determine, did I come out of dysfunctional home? And the answer is yes. Because according to the book, anytime there's abuse, anytime there's cursing, anytime there's domination or outward arguing, that home is considered dysfunctional. So I had a broom broken over my head. <laughs> Been cussed out. Help me, Lord. So a whole bunch of fights. Had to lie to the bill collectors. I ain't home. Tell them. So yeah, we grew up with some dysfunction. <laughs> I love it. I, I love to see church folk sit out there lying. Mm. He 
said, wherein in time past ye walk, live according to the course, the diet, the menu of this world. According to the prince of the power of the air, Satan. Hmm. That is, Uzalzia, power, Satan controls the first and second heavens. And right now he's got access to God's throne. He can go into heaven, book of Job. Middle of the tribulation, Revelation 12, God's going to cast him out of the third into the first and second. Then he knows his time is short. Ah, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience among whom also we all had our life in times what? Now, now let me stop. Right, right, Rodney, right. In times past, we had this kind of life. Dog eat dog. We had this kind of life. And he says, no, 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 watch this now, watch this now. <laughs> In times past, lust of the flesh, that's what feels good, fulfilling desires of the flesh and of the mind, and whereby nature, children of wrath, the unsaved, the unbeliever, is not going to hell for their acts of sin, they're going to hell, hell for their nature of sin. Are y'all getting this? We were a mess. We were a mess. My God. I used to laugh at stuff that I wouldn't think about laughing about now. My God, corrupt, messed up. So Paul deals with this matter of us being raised. Ah, uh, God raised us. Uh, Three important verbs are here. He made us alive. He raised us up. And listen to this one. He has seated us positionally in heavenly places. That, that, that's what God has already done. He has made me alive. He gave me, he gave me light. Phosphorus. Life. Mm. He has raised me up. From the dead, the walking dead, the zombies. Some of y'all love that program. How can you sit there for an hour and watch people and then somebody shoot them in the head? How can you, I mean, turn the Frankenstein off, Dracula or something. How can you, people all out the gate, ugh, boom, oh, he got him, you know. Uh. But we were walking zombies. We were alive physically, but dead spiritually, emotionally, mentally, and psychologically. That's why when we get saved, you got to stay under that word for your marriage, for your ministry, and for your mind. Because that old nature has already trained you in darkness. I know how to get slick. I got the gift of gab. I ran that world. I know all that stuff they do out there. 
That's why I can address it. Been there, done that. Are y'all getting this? Baby, you sure look good tonight. She ain't look good. God help me. God's grace raises us from death to life. But secondly, God's grace makes us righteous over our ruin. Now, look at verse 4. Look, look at a strong conjunction. But God, who is rich in what? Mercy. Now, let me stop, pause, and part. If we had the mercy that God had, we wouldn't have no divisions in the church. You know what mercy does? Mercy, mercy makes you accept the person as they are. They don't have to live up to something that you don't put up. Do I have a witness? Mercy forgives people when they make a mistake. On the spot. Mercy does not, amen, create a bitterness of, of you keeping score for 20 years. I'll never forget what you did to me. Who are you? When God gave, forgave you everything. I'm preaching up in this place. Can I get a witness? And, and, and child, and child, and listen, listen, by the way, the reason we can't forgive, the reason we got to hold people hostage is because we are struggling with bondage within ourselves. Everything is a projection. Everything is a projection. What I project to you is going on inside of me. If I can love you, then God has impacted me with his love. Vertical, horizontal. Are you getting this? If I can forgive you, it's because I feel forgiven. Lord, have mercy. If I just criticize you and gossip about you and put you down and put me above you and whatnot, that means I got a whole bunch of confusion going on on the inside. We project what's already in us. Are y'all getting this? And, and listen, if you keep telling yourself something, you become that. Your words, yeah, will become a reality. So when I was in the world, I used to keep telling myself, I ain't letting nobody hurt me. I ain't letting nobody hurt me. I mean, I ain't backing down from nobody. But what it meant was, because there was an anger somewhere in me, they said, no, no, I ain't letting nobody hurt me. Forget that. What that did was it blocked me off from me getting healing on the inside because I had a stronghold, a self-promotion device to protect myself. The only reason I said that, oh, this was to protect myself. You ain't hurting me. Do what you want. You ain't hurting me. Forget it. That's the way I rolled. In the military, in the world, I rolled that way. You ain't hurting me. You forget that. And, and, and it sounds good, but after I got saved, I found out that's deep bondage. <sighs> to turn my feelings off and on is deep bondage. I'll be delighted when I want to be delighted. <laughs> Woo! Y'all looking at me saying, I knew he was crazy. Yeah. 
And, and so, child of God, child of God, what God's got to do, he's got to come in and start breaking us. He's got to break up the party. He's got to come in and he's got to resolve the issue. He's got to bring healing into our wings. He's, he's got to, things that were, he's got to get rid of. Can I get a witness? He's got to break the power of sin. He's got to break the power of Satan. He's got to break the power of the cosmos, the organized, satanic denunciation. He's got to break it. He's got to break it. And see, Ephesians and Philippians are both Pauline epistles, and they say something in, in, in don't, don't turn. In Philippians 2.13, it says, uh, uh, work, work out ek, your salvation. For it is God who has already worked it in you. Work out what he's already worked in you. The word out ek, has to do with working to its completion. God placed something in you to heal you, but by faith, you and I got to work it out. We got to keep at it. We got to trust, not try. Do I have a witness? We, we, the only way we're going to be triumphant is to trust Jesus with this thing. Hmm. Look at this. He says, for, for his great love uh, verse verse four you with me but god who is rich in mercy for his great love now i i used to believe that i was a lover <laughs> michael the lover <laughs> i used to say i was love. i wasn't no lover i was messed up when i found out what love is i'm coming in now the word the Old Testament word hesed, H-E-S-E-D, is in the Hebrew, a steadfast, loyal love. God's love is a hesed. When you get to the New Testament, his love is an undeserved kindness towards sinners. Now, now if you don't leave with nothing else, you're going to leave with love. The word, the noun love, agape, it's God's love. It's a love of sacrifice. It's a love of submission. It's a love of giving. Amen. But the word agape comes from, that's a noun, comes from the verb agapeo, which means to seek the highest good of the one loved. Not for you to do what I'm asking you to do. Not for you to please me. Not for you to uh, bow down to me. No, no, no. That's not love. God says love is to seek the highest good. You say, well, I don't know what the highest good is. Well, pray about it. Seek the highest good of the one loved. And so Paul, Paul, Paul says in Colossians 3, since you are risen, uh-oh, what did he do? He made us alive, he raised us up, and he seated us in heavenly places. Since you are risen, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right-hand side of God. Are y'all getting this? These are walking papers here, Doc. Do I have a witness? So, so, child of God, child of God, child, I'm coming in, I'm coming in. If I'm trying to love you, I can't love what's in me. Because I got a whole lot of interference in me. I got a, I got a reciprocal love. You love me, I love you. You do right by me, I'll do right by you. 
You don't, you know what you can do. That ain't the love of God. The love of God says you can smack me and spit on me, but I'm going to still love you anyhow. I'm seeking your highest good. I'm, I'm not seeking my highest good. I'm seeking your highest good. So people who love with the agapeo, the agape love, do not demand their way. Love seeketh not her own, is not puffed up, seeketh no evil. And when I was a child, see there's childish love. When I was a child, I thought as a child, understood as a child. But when I became a man, mature love, I put away childish things. You know what mature love is? Baby love is all about you. Mature love is all about the other person. Oh, God. God. Getting this, getting this, getting this. Only the Holy Ghost can give you that. Now, if you want to test, don't do this, but if you want to test what kind of love your mate has, wait for Christmas morning. And when they give you a present, say, thank you. Kiss them. And they're looking for theirs, say, I don't have one. And you will find out what kind of love they got. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. Let me, let, me, let me get some composure up here. Somebody ain't sleeping that night, right? Look at the final thing here. Grace enables us to rest in spite of our liabilities. Ah, every obstacle, God's going to create an opening. That, that's where that phrase in Isaiah 54, no weapon. There's no weapon that's even formed against you that can prosper. A lot of stuff has happened to me in 30 years in this church. Some you know, some you don't know. Some you don't need to know. But I've come forth victoriously. Because the Lord is with me. Can I get a witness? And I've seen it all, Doc. I've seen it all. Hallelujah. And some of it I was responsible for. Hey, I've seen it all. Messed up, hooked up, crooked up. But God is faithful. Isn't God faithful in spite of us? Isn't God faithful in spite of us? He's faithful. He'll pull you out when you didn't ask to be pulled out. He'll put you on the street call straight when you're going in circles. He'll put a new song in your mouth, even praise to our God. Look what he says, verse 10. I'm coming in. For we are. I'm, go back up to verse 8. For by grace are you saved through faith. That faith is not yours. It's a bestowing gift of God, not of works. You can't earn it. Lest any man should start boast. Watch people that boast. They're empty. They're empty. They're empty. Hmm. And he says, for we are his workmanship. Poema in the Greek. We are God's poem. Raymond Gordon was dead, but now he's alive. That's my poem. God has made a poem of my life. 
Can I get a witness? Uh, he's no, he was no good. Now he's some good. Can I get a witness? Created in Christ Jesus unto, unto. See, when you get saved, God, God's got you on a highway unto good works. Which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. That's why Job said, and when I come forth. Did anybody, did, did anybody ask Job how he know he was coming forth? You didn't have to ask that boy how he know he was coming forth. He said, and when? I'm coming out of this. Can I get a witness? All hell done broke out on me, but I'm coming out of this because my God is a faithful God. My, my God, my God, my God is an on-time God. My God is a delivering God. My God, my God, he said, and when I come forth, I'll be like pure gold. No impurities, no gloss. I'm coming out of this. God is working something in us, through us, for us. And we know that all things. Ha, I, know you, I know you can't take this today. I'm coming in for a landing. I know you've been through a whole lot of things. I know things have, yeah, flattened you out. I know things have hurt you. I know things have devastated you. I know things didn't mean you no good. But when I got to deal with things, and we know that all things are being worked together. Won't he work it together? Won't God work it together? He's working it together for the good. Say yeah! Say yeah! Say yeah! He's a working God. He's working this thing. He's working this thing. We are God's poem. We are his praise. We are his promoters. We are his persuaders. We are his peace. We are his prize. He gives us saving grace. Then he gives us suffering grace. Then he gives us sufficient grace. For my grace is sufficient, Paul. I don't need to heal you, Paul. Can I get a witness? So when God told Paul in 2 Corinthians 12, my grace is sufficient. Paul learned to live with his afflictions. You got to learn to carry something and stop asking God to take everything. Some things you got to put on your back and you got to walk with it and you got to praise with it and you got to shout with it. Do I have a witness? Might be your children, might, might be your marriage, might, might be your money, might, might be your health. Can I get a witness? All I know is when I come forth, I'll be like pure gold. Can I get a witness? He walks with me. He talks with me. He tells me that I'm alone. The Lord is good. Any good? I've had his saving grace. I've had his sufficient grace. I've had his suffering grace. And all I know is that God is too wise to make a mistake. He sits high and he looks low. He's with me every day. He walks with me. He talks with me. He tells me I'm his own. Can I get a witness? And when you get depressed, 
open up to the book of Psalms because the Psalms is our devotional. Can I get a witness? Uh, can I get a witness? Though the earth be removed, though the mountains be cast into the midst of the sea, though the waters warm, there is a stream that shall make glad the city of God. Be still and know that I'm God. Can I get a witness? It's good that the Lord has afflicted me, that I may learn his statutes. Can I get a witness? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. And when I get to press, he restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea. Notice it doesn't say no. It says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and staff, they comfort me. He'll prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. My cup of joy runs over. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I'm going to glory. And I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I'm going to see my mother. I'm going to see my father. I'm going to see my two brothers. I'm going to see my grandmother. I'm going to see my aunts and cousins. They all going to be up there. And this is what they're going to sing. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be when we all see Jesus. We're going to sing. We're going to shout the victory. Let's stay on our feet this morning. Reprieved and received. As every head is bowed with your eyes closed, if you're here and you need to be saved, Jesus wants to save you. This is a moment of truth. Don't go to hell. Don't go to yourself. Let Jesus save you. Believe in he died for your sins was very rose again. If you want to be saved, just raise your hand. Is there one? We'd love to have you. Just put your hand there. You want our Christ to save you. By grace are we saved through faith. That's not even yours. The gift of God that's in the man should Or perhaps you are saved looking for a church home. Raise your hand. Is there one? Is there one? Is anybody here that doesn't have a church home? We invite you to join our church. We're not perfect. We are forgiven. You will grow in the word. The faithfulness of God's grace. The faithfulness of God's grace is glorious. Is there one? Is there one? Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for Ephesians 2. Thank you, Lord God, that we have an inheritance in you. God, we pray that you will sanctify us. We pray that you will encourage our hearts. We pray that you will give us a praise that only you can give. Thank you for this day. Bind the enemy in the name of Jesus.
and bless us for Jesus' sake. Amen. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, you're no good, but God made you all good. God bless you. See you Wednesday at CORE. See you next Sunday. See you next Sunday.